Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. our radio audience today. We are so grateful and thankful for you joining us today, Prophet Kathy and myself, to hear what the Lord has to say to us today. Well, once again, uh, this is uh, Dr. E.J. and Prophetess Kathy McKenzie, your host, every Wednesday at 1 to 2, coming together and dealing with kingdom relationships. And... uh, how often is relationship challenge? Because relationship is the premium of life. You can never accomplish anything without it. Jesus said, if any two agree on earth is touching anything that shall ask, it shall be done for them on the Father which is in heaven. So agreement must be very important and must be so powerful. It's impossible to agree without the elimination of selfishness, self-centeredness. That is the enemy of all agreement. So God cannot accomplish what he want to accomplish in the earth realm through relationships unless the parties walk in a spirit of humility, harmony themselves under the mighty hand of God so God can have a legal channel and access in the earth realm to bless, to change humanity. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we see we have quite a few people on, um, on uh, the chat. Thank God for those in chat. See a few people online uh, with us today. Uh, those of you that desire to call in, uh, our 800 number is 877-537-3321. If you have any questions today, you can use our 800 number. Or if you want to just uh, join in with us, you can call your families and friends. Uh, and that number is, our uh, regular call-in number, rather, is area code 347-237-5493. Prophet Kathy, you want to greet everyone at this time? Yes, I do. Um, good afternoon to everyone that has joined us and to those who will listen to us later on. We thank God for you uh, being with us on the uh, broadcast at this time. Uh, we love this time coming together where we can share the heart and the mind of God with you husband and wife, um, sharing what God has put in our spirit to um, share with you. And I I love it also because it's an opportunity where I get to hear the revelation flow out of my husband's spirit as the spirit of God is speaking um, to him. So we pray that you're blessed by the broadcast. Uh, Make sure you tell somebody about the broadcast. Even as you're blessed, tell someone about it so they can be blessed as well. All right. Uh, Will you like to share with the people concerning our upcoming uh, watch night service? Do you have that information? Yes, I do. Um, Our upcoming uh, watch night service is Monday, December the 31st. Um, It's the Monday after uh, Christmas. It's December 31st at 10 p.m. We will be having it uh, once again. We'll be back at the Embassy Suites Hotel. If you was with us uh, doing our Encountering the Supernatural, and also with uh, our bishop, Bishop Bill Hammond, uh, October the 7th, and we were there again November the 9th, 10th, and 11th uh, for Encountering the Supernatural. Uh, the same hotel, Embassy Suites Hotel, the address is 3974 South River Drive. That's Miami, Florida. Um, the parking fee is $5, and uh, we know some churches do not have watch night service, so if you are not having watch night service, we'd love for you to come and join us and, and receive a word from God. We uh, love to be able to uh, uh, speak a word into your life. And, and also, I love this time also, the watch night service, because God always um, gives my husband a word, uh, Dr. McKenzie, a word for the for the new year. He's a, he's a man of prayer and always uh, seeking the heart and the mind of God, what to say to the people of God. And um, that's one particular time I know that he goes uh, uh, in before God to hear his heart and his mind for the watch night service to be able to speak a word to us. We we have a saying around here. We say one word from God will change your life. And uh, for our watch night service, uh, Dr. McKenzie always get a word from God for the new year. So if you can join us, we believe that you will be blessed. Also, uh, uh, I think it's not so much I think, but I know. Um, I've done that for years, but now I'm putting a demand on my leadership 
especially those that's been ordained uh, to go before God and get a word. This is a prophetic house, and the word uh, of the Lord it shouldn't always come from me. Uh, God is expanding us. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to be taking even beyond just the uh, ordained leaders. Um, but I believe that God wants to reveal through our children. He wants to reveal through young adults. He wants to reveal whoever can get a word from God. And if they will uh, submit that word, we will go with that word, and if we sense that it's the uh, timing of the Lord for that word, we will release that word. And so uh, I'm excited about where God is taking us and the demand that he's putting on us as a people of the supernatural. Uh, we should be expecting the supernatural every single day. We should be opening our spirits to be able to be sensitive to the Spirit of God to where he, whenever he desires to minister to us. And I believe it's going to take place in a greater dimension when all of us come to the place that we really believe that the Spirit of God wants to articulate the heart of the mind of God through us. And the purpose of that is to bless humanity. All of us is a gift to somebody. Uh, all of us is designed to be a blessing to somebody. And all of us don't have the same manifestation of the Holy Spirit, but we have the same Holy Spirit that is born again. And the purpose of that is for humanity to be blessed, humanity to be saved, humanity to be delivered, humanity to be set free, experiencing and encountering the Lord Jesus Christ who is a person of the Holy Spirit. But we are the channels and the agents. I believe people, businesses can be turned around because uh, uh, God sent the man or sent the woman to that business and begin to give them the word of the Lord. See, when we understand the word of the Lord, it's designed to affect. Now, think about it. It's the word of the Lord. It's a word that is coming from heaven to this realm. The person that embraces it, they just embrace heaven. They just embrace God. Now, since they embraced heaven and God, now God can manifest. Yes. He can turn a negative into a positive. He can yes. bring natural under the influence of the supernatural, like Jesus did with the bread and the fish. That bread and fish was natural under the dominion of this realm. But when the young man took the bread and the fish and gave it to the disciples, the disciples of Jesus, the moment Jesus touched it, it transferred authority, it transferred kingdoms, it transferred influences. Yes. Now that bread came up under the authority of the kingdom, it came up under the authority of Christ, the authority of God, the authority of heaven, and the influence of heaven. And yes. so it was to multiply. So uh, I'm excited about that, uh, the demand that God put upon us uh, to uh, extend ourselves. Yes, yes. Okay. So uh, do you have anything particular uh, in the areas of relationship that uh, we can articulate and share the heart of the mind of God for those that is listening. This is relationship time. This is the time uh, that God is challenging uh, every husband, every father, every wife, every mother, every parent uh, for us to begin to believe in the supernatural, even concerning our relationships. Amen. Um, yes, I do. I was uh, thinking of, uh, this morning uh, on the passage of Scripture in the book of uh, Psalms 119. And uh, this, this Scripture, I had to look up where the Scripture was found because it was just ringing in my spirit. Uh, and it's in verse 92 where David said, Unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Uh, and I begin to meditate on that as husbands and wives and uh, those of us who have families, you know, we have children. Uh, when we go through a period, a season where we're in the wilderness and God is testing us, and we know the testing is the hand of God um, at, at that time, um, the only thing that we have to embrace or to hold on to is the word of God. And so as a husband and a wife, uh, we hold on to the word of the Lord when the testing comes, when the challenge comes. And David says here, unless your law had been my delight. In other words, unless I had embraced, uh, enjoyed the word, because one definition of the word delight is to enjoy. Uh, and also another one is to take pleasure in. So unless I begin to, in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the, the testing, in that wilderness period, unless I, as a wife, uh, begin to embrace uh, the Word of God or delight in the Word of God or take pleasure in the Word of God or God himself, my relationship with God, 
If I don't do that, then David said, according to the scripture, that I would have perished. I, I, I would have been destroyed because uh, I would have been doing it in my own strength. But when I find that I can uh, take pleasure in my relationship with God, when I can enjoy God in the midst of the test, in spite of what is going on, I can enjoy the faithfulness of God, um, then I will be destroyed. But when I come to that place that I realize that this this testing is all about God, this is this is the hand of God. It, it wasn't uh, orchestrated by a man. It was orchestrated by God because God has something greater in mind. So God wants me to look to him. Um, going back to uh, the definition, not the definition, but one of the illustrations um, you gave one time, Dr. McKenzie, in the teaching series on the anatomy of man, uh, spirit, soul, and body, and you begin to show us how to turn within and and turn within, meaning that I'm looking to the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of me. And he helps me to enjoy God. He helps me to take pleasure in God. So in the midst of the wilderness period, I will not perish. And if I, as a wife, do that, then I can help you as my husband. Uh, I can be that help me to you as my husband, that we will both together embrace the word of God. Because the only thing that's going to be coming out of my mouth is the word of God. Because I'm turning within and I'm learning how to trust him and delight in God and take pleasure in God. I think the key thing that has been articulated, you, you said two things and you brought them together, but I want to divide them because I think if we do not understand uh, 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 what David's actually saying here, but you already answered it, and you answer it by tying it together, but let's make a distinction with it. Read the scripture again. Uh, unless your law had been my delight. And notice what he says here. Unless your law had my delight. Unless your law had been my delight. Whose law? God's God's law. Now, let's break that down because where we miss it at so many times in the body of Christ, especially you've been going to church for so long, we delight. Now, he's talking to God about his law. He's talking to God about his word. He's talking to God about his promise. Now, what made him delight in the law? What made him delight in the law was God, who the law came from. So what made him delight, what made him trust, what made him hope in the law was the God that revealed or spoke the law. I would have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the word, the law, the promise, now, now think about this right here. The word of God only as good as the one that spoke it. A promise is only as good as the one that spoke it. Yes. So a person can give you a word, a person can promise you, but the strength of that word, the power of that word, is who the word came from. Yes. So reason David was able to delight in the law, because he delighted in the God who gave the law. Yes. David had an intimate, personal relationship with God. It's evident as we read the yes. scripture. So when God becomes a reality, it is not difficult to believe his word. When God becomes a reality, it's not difficult to believe his promises. Yes. And that was the thing with Abraham. Abraham believed God. Yes. He believed God. By him believing God, when his body became dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb, it was not difficult for him to turn to the promise. Yes. Oh, everything in the natural is gone. 
So God must become a reality, ladies and gentlemen, and he becomes a reality to us in usually in our wilderness. He don't become a reality to us on the mountaintop. He speaks on the mountaintop. He uh, gives promises on the mountaintop. But they really become a reality, actuality, in the, in the valley of the shadow of death or in the wilderness. Yes. I just want to kind of uh, separate those two, as you said, because you brought it together beautifully. But we must we must separate it. And, and if we even look at it, uh, look at it from that perspective, even with relationships, husbands and wives. Yes. Uh, 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 we can say I love my husband all I want to. We can say I love my wife all I want to. But the strength of your relationship with your wife, and the strength of your relationship with your husband, you know, you can say you can say I believe in my husband. You can say I believe in my wife. But when testing time comes, that's going to reveal what you believe. Yes. When things go against the grain of your thinking, that's going to reveal if you really believe. Yes. So we we so we we don't want to be walk in hypocrisy here. We don't want to be deceived here. We got to understand that first of all, going back to David. David loved the law because he loved God. Yes. Then the question would be, do I love my spouse because I love God? Whatever role the spouse is, do I love my wife because I love God? Do my wife submit to me because she loves God? If God is really not a reality, there's going to be a struggle there. Yes. So we don't want to lie to ourselves and manipulate ourselves because I believe in practicalities. And what I mean by practicalities, how do this thing work in this realm? It's yes. a supernatural God. Releasing a supernatural promise or a supernatural word to a man in this realm or a woman in this realm. So, yes. therefore, how do it work in the seen realm? I worship, serve an unseen God. You can't see none of our words. That means all of our words are spirit. I see, I'm, I'm worshiping, I serve an unseen God, unseen word unseen promises been released to me in a seen world, how do I apply that? Yes. It's difficult if the one that gave it is not real to me. Yes. And that's how Abraham was able to stand, David was able to stand, falter, uh, fault, uh, stand in the midst of every test, every challenge. Yes, amen. Uh, when you said it's difficult when the one that we're worshiping is not real to us. I, I remember um, one time I said to you, uh seems like uh, it appears that you're not afraid of anything. Um, and you said to me, um, th th you know, I do get challenged, but God is more real. And that's, that's helping me as a wife to, um, when you just said about you believe in practicality, because I know a lot of times, you know, you and I talk and, and you challenge me with the word of God. And so um, the challenge is uh, for me to allow God to be real to me more than you are. And so I, I see, uh, you know, from time to time that, you know, as, as, you know, as a wife, I, I say that God is real, but then if I react a certain way when you and I are, uh, you know, having a discussion, um, then that shows that you're more real than God being more real. And during the time of testing, that's when God, for me, that's as a wife, that's when God wants to become more real. That's in every area, and, and, and I personally believe that not only the husband should challenge the wife, the wife should challenge the husband, and the challenge should always be based on their relationship with God. And, and, and I think there should be a provoking of one another to good works. So, yes. so uh, 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 And you can't provoke someone where you haven't been. You can't challenge someone to go do something that you ain't never done. You yes. can't challenge someone to go somewhere you have never gone. Then the, the, the challenge have no authority behind it. Yes. So if you and I are going to ever accomplish great, greater heights, deeper depths in God, in this marriage, and everybody else that is on this line of this marriage that's about, uh, that has logged in, 
by uh, chat, or you on this broadcast, let me share this with you. You and I will never go to deeper depths and higher heights because every realm that God will put of the man, he will always be giants in that realm. Always. Yes. And you and I can never go to deeper depths and higher heights when I am afraid of the giants. To be afraid of the giants or to be afraid to go to the next realm is nothing but a revelation that you're still trusting in you. And Satan is bigger. Satan is greater than God. For we can worship God, worship, praise him, read the Bible about him, but none of that means absolutely nothing until I get out there and obey yes. God to go into Canaan. Yes. And, and, and what God wants you to get on the battlefield, he needs an agent. He needs a human being to get on the battlefield with a giant so he can become the, uh, the power, the authority, the agent. I want to use the word agent. But the power and authority through that human being to dismantle that giant. But it will never yes. happen. Yes. And so God always challenges every relationship. Amen. And there's always an enemy of relationships. Why is there an enemy of relationships? The reason, because God is a God of relationships. God is a God of relationship. Every single thing that God does, he does it from the perspective of relationship. Everything that God did in the creation of man, he did it from the perspective of relationship. Let us, let us make man. He didn't say let me. He said let us make man. And, 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 and watch this right. Make man how? In our image. Not mine. Our image. Yes. In our likeness. Yes. So therefore, therefore, I personally believe this right here. Until a husband and a wife really, really become one, and you're not going to become one if the husband and the wife is not walking hand in hand. So what do you mean? Where is God? There's always the presence of the Word, of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't separate God from the Holy Spirit. You can't separate God from the Word, which is Christ. They are one. So we can, we can trick ourselves and deceive us until we come to the place and, and we're walking one. It ain't just praying. It's not fasting. What is the direction God is leading us? Yes. And so if, if, if. Uh, my wife will follow me sometimes, but don't follow me all the times. We're not one. If God is sending me here, my wife refused to go, we're not one. If my wife is, uh, 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 have, is operating in a certain area in God and I'm afraid to go there, we're not one. Oneness is when, and the, and the two shall become one. And there can, notice that two shall become Shall, if God have Abraham, get thee out of that country and go into the country, uh, get, excuse, get thee out of that father's house and go into the country, I shall tell you. Now, Abraham gets up and he start moving, but Sarah stay there. Are they one? No. Absolutely not. Now, going somewhere you don't know, you travel into a foreign a country, there's bandits, there's thieves, there's robbers on the way. That was prevalent in that day. So, so she showed her oneness by stepping out with her husband. So what did I say? I must, the wife, I must be willing to go wherever God is leading my husband, even if it's to death. If not, you can take it to the bank. There will never be the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. Never. I was sharing a principle uh, with my aunt on, the, on, on, on yesterday. 
uh, she had called during the time we was on the consecration. I ended up uh, returning the call, kept forgetting about it. And I said, let me go ahead and jump in here and get this call in. And uh, knowing that's going to be a long call because our calls usually always be long. But watch this here. She was uh, heard uh, uh, she was, uh, in a voice that she was challenged. And I said, I've just been going through, been challenged with a virus. She didn't say virus, but she was challenged with a virus. And she said, last week it was my husband. Uh, he's on. Uh, uh, he's taking uh, um, some medication for uh, 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 cancer, and uh, they put a shunt in him. She said, and and uh, his body didn't take the medication, so he was sick. Challenge. So she was taking care of him, and then when he started getting better, she got hit. Now he's taking care of her. So in the midst of the com- uh, 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 conversation, I know her pastor had died uh, a month ago or two. And her husband go to a church, and she go to church. I thought she maybe since her pastor died, she went with her husband. And so she was talking, well, what church you go to now? And she said, uh, well, it's a small group of us. We still come together, but uh, one of the... Uh, Overseers from Sarasota, Braden, one of the two, comes over and be with us. And, you know, I go with him, you know, uh, every once in a while, maybe one Sunday out of the week, I go with him. And the Spirit of God began to speak to me and share with her what God spoke to me concerning Panorama. I asked God a question I said, why don't we have more couples in this church? And Kathy and I have been married 25 years. I was sharing it with her. And the Spirit of God spoke to me plainly and said, look at your leadership. So he was saying, your church reflects your leadership, not you and Kathy. You have three women, that main women that is in authority. And basically all their husbands in the back of stage are not saved. That's what you have. Nothing hit me like a ton of bricks. All these years, it never clicked with me. It yes. was out of order. Yes. And so when I shared that with the leadership, things started shifting. I didn't have to say a word. It started shifting. It started shifting. And all three of them is gone now with their husbands, whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But now God is beginning to start add, to add couples. Why? Because yeah. we begin to bring things to divine order. And watch this right here. They've been challenged to the max ever since I've known them. <clears throat> They've gone through hell and back ever since I've known them. She, she just, she's a cancer survivor. He had colon cancer a couple years ago. Cancer, that was, uh, he, uh, 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 God graced him overcome that. Now they found cancer in his spine. Hell, going back and forth. And, and, and the Spirit of God started speaking to me concerned. And said, I said, you out of order. Oh, she didn't want to hear that. <laughs> she, 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 she didn't say anything negative, but the way she said it. Ah, man, well, you. I said, stop. I said, let's look at it. I said, the number 12 is the number of government. This is the year of government. This is the year of God putting everything in order. I said, I shared that with you about what happened with Panorama and what I went through last year. All that was designed to get me to put everything in order. God used that to get my attention. And he not only got my attention, but went on a 40-day fast. He showed me some things he told me to do years ago. I started it, and I never completed it. I said, God don't operate like man. When God means something, he means something. And he never forgot. We may forget. I yeah. said, so now. I said, won't you just put put it to the test? I said, not put God to the test. Put going where your husband is, submitting to your husband, and put it to a test. Watch this right. She said, yes, uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I said, watch this right. I said, is it possible that the very things that God has spoken and promised over you all, he can't get it to you? Because you're out of order. I said, God ain't never going to give you something out of order. That'll never happen. Her eyes start coming open. Her eyes begin to come open. Yes. 
and, I, and said, put it to the test. If it's God, you will see. I said, I believe miracles are going to break out for you. Not because you're going to the church he go to. It's because you're divinely aligning. Yes. You are coming into divine order. And I don't think they ever went to the same church. And so, so uh, uh, she said she's going she gonna to do it. Because she said, no, this is what she said. You know God had you to call me today, didn't you? <laughs> I said, that's the way it usually works. I said, I was just returning your call and just to, you know, you know, call you, see how you was doing. But the Lord God knew you needed this because yes. God wanted to get some things to you, and he cannot get it to you out of order. I said, I believe miracles are going to break out the moment you, you, you surrender your heart. He said, you know it's going to be hard. You've been with people for so long. I said, uh-huh. I said, I know, because of the emotional attachments. But you can have the emotional attachment, be out of the will of God, and continue to experience hell, or you can uh, uh, separate yourself from the emotional attachment and be where God have your husband. Yes. So, same principle. Same principle. See, we need to be real, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Now, if your husband ain't going to church, nowhere, that's a whole different ballgame. And I had one situation where I knew this was going to take place. I had one particular uh, person that was a member of our church whose husband was, was not going to church, was back to the state, but he deliberately started going to church to get her from Panorama. And they told me, well, I'm going with my husband. I said, I'll tell you what's going to happen. If the enemy is using your husband to pull you out of purpose, this is what's going to happen. I said, your children are getting ready to get attacked because your husband is the head. And what has sustained this family has been you and your relationship with God. I said, this is, I said, it's going to attack, uh, it's going to happen to children. Told me that one of the uh, children uh, got in an accident, the car was totaled. Another child uh, uh, was held up at gunpoint. And this happened when the husband released and some other things have transpired just to manipulate and to get her out of purpose. Now, if I was Satan, I would do the same thing. Why is that? Because as long as she's in purpose, he cannot get to the husband and destroy the husband. He cannot get to the children and destroy the children as long as she, she was in purpose and in the will of God. That yes. was good, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. you got to understand how it works. You want to add anything to that, Miss McKenzie? Well, you know, I was as you were talking, I was thinking about your life. The you had mentioned something about the uh, the uh, vision, the wife uh, following the man of God. Uh, you know, whatever direction God is leading him. And I was just thinking about uh, last week when you were sharing um, your life uh, in uh, our faith school on last Wednesday. And I think uh, one of the things that has always uh, blessed me and our relationship is your relationship with the Lord, which is a which is a pattern for me. You know, I I, I I've heard you say this many 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 times. I understand it now, uh, which is I love God more than I do my wife and more than I do my children. So your relationship with God is uh, before me uh, is a pattern before me. I see you fast. Um, all the time, you know, in a season of fasting, I see you um, read the word. I see you uh, get up and pray. I, you know, you have your office there at the house there that you are in from time to time, uh, studying, uh, communing with God, praying, and also uh, see you go in the uh, in the other room and close the door. and And I can hear you praying. I can hear you uh, interceding. Um, I see you, hear you from time to time, counseling people on the phone, giving them the heart and the mind of God. Um, so your life is a very uh, pattern before me. I, I don't see you complain. I see you walk in faith. Uh, so uh, for me, I have no excuse as far as not being the woman of God that God has called me to be, not being the wife, not being the mother. Uh, 
I have no excuse because you are a pattern before me and an example before me. And even last week when you were sharing your your heart uh, concerning your relationship with your mentor, Dr. Brown, uh, and what I took away from that, just even in that on last week, was your relationship with God and your love for God, which is the same thing today, <laughs> you know, same thing, we've been married 25 years, but the same thing as far as your relationship with God. So, um, And so I was thinking if there's anyone that is listening, any husband or wife that is listening, uh, the, as the authority, the husband must, be, uh, must have that relationship with God so he can be a pattern and an example and a role model before his wife and before his children, even as uh, you, Dr. McKenzie, my husband, is before me. That's good that you see it, and I appreciate that. One of the things that let's break that down uh, because we got to see how it works. Now, you had made a statement earlier um, that you had put a question before me that's like you're not afraid of anything. And the statement, my answer was to you, is not that I'm not challenged with fear. I just refuse to submit to fear. Uh, I don't think there's a person alive that has not been challenged with some level and measure of fear because uh, that's how the enemy operates. And and the purpose of fear coming is to paralyze you, not to step out. And it's usually fear will come to try to paralyze you from obeying God, from getting out of the boat and stepping on the water. There's going to be some some kind of area that if you do obey God, there's going to be victory, there's going to be deliverance, there's going to be the manifestation of God. So now, going back to my relationship with Dr. Brown, and see, this is what we got to get. Your relationship with your mentor is really a relationship with God. If, if, if this don't become a reality, and see, a mentor, no, it's right here, a mentor that tells the disciple to do something they never did is a hypocrite. They're unqualified. Yeah. And how many of us parents has been hypocrites, putting the man on our children to do something that we refuse to do ourselves or live. That's hypocrisy. It's no yeah. strength in it. It's no power in it. And what's going to happen? They're not going to do it when they become a, a, an adult. They're not going to do it. So going back to the fear thing. Now, uh there was elements of fear in me that I did not recognize that was in me. Doing when I first came to Dr. Brown, uh, therefore one says heard my testimony. Uh, 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 when he told me, the first thing he told me to when I met, uh, uh, joined up with him, the Lord told me it's time for you to preach. I was only saved a year. Never, never knew how to study. Nobody showed me how to study. Nobody showed me how to put a message together because that was never in my mind. Being a preacher, the last thing on my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm just thankful I'm saved now. So watch this right here. Was I afraid to minister? Absolutely. Because I asked him, I said, well, how do you get a message? He said, the Lord will show you. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. No Bible school, no uh, uh, outline because Dr. Brown and he put message on a little card. And to me, this some, those are, uh, to me are some of the greatest preachers, the ones that didn't go to Bible school, some of the greatest. And he said, oh, so they never been to Bible school because they had a relationship with God. God taught them everything they knew. Think yeah. about that. God taught him. So what kind of position he put me in for God to teach me? Yes. He couldn't tell me how to put it together because he didn't know. The only thing he did was what God told him to do. So his messages was divinely inspired by God. All messages will be divinely inspired by God. But I'm talking about writing out outlines and things of that particular nature. Yes. And so he could not put me in a position to do something that he never been put in. So his spiritual father never told show him how to put a message together. So He'll hear from God. He'll write little notes on the card. That's how he will use the minister. He'll write little things on the card, and he will minister by the revelation of God through that. So what you think I began to do when I first started? Same thing. Same, yes. 
So I stepped out. I stepped out. And so the moment I stepped out and obeyed, what happened? Fear was conquered, and it revealed that I trusted God by trusting the man of God. Stepped out and obeyed the man of God. Obeying the man of God was obeying God. He said, God says it's time for you to preach. He didn't say, I want you to preach. He said, God said it's time for you to preach. Now, that was the timing of God. That's what heaven had decreed. That's what heaven had determined. Not Dr. Brown, but he had a man that was sensitive to God. Excuse me, I had a man of God that was sensitive to God. I had a man of God. So therefore, he hear from God, he speaks to me. Obeying the man is obeying God. That means I had to go beyond E.J. McKenzie. I had to go beyond myself, all of the fear that was challenging me, but I obeyed. That's how you get to know God. That's how God become a reality to you. Doing what you're afraid to do, but you're stepping out on the word. Stepping out on Dr. Brown's word, but stepping out on God's word. Same principle. When he told me to drive a truck, never drove up a big, huge truck before. With a stick shift. They would forget about stick shift. Never drove a big truck. I said, I'm not driving that truck. He said, yes, you are. I said, I'm not driving that truck. What was talking? Fear was talking. Why? Because fear never, because I never did it before. I never did it before. And what good is my relationship with Dr. Brown if I don't trust him? It's no good. It's no good. Because not to trust the man of God is not to trust God. I'm showing, telling God, I don't trust you, God. And I don't trust this man you brought into my life. Listen, we got to understand how it works. So what good, what, what good I would have been to Dr. Brown and what good I would have been to God that I will obey only what I feel comfortable doing. I only obey what I know I can do. Then you just disqualified yourself and you're no good to God. God going to put you on the shelf. You're going to find somebody else. You can take that to the bank. He's going to find somebody else. This is how this works. Because stepping out, you are trusting him knowing that he's going to take care of me. Does fear gripping you? Absolutely. But me stepping out breaks his power. Me stepping out breaks his authority. We was in London. Same thing. Driving that car over there. Never drove on the left side of the street. Never drove a stick shift uh, 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 a car with a steering wheel on the right side and, and the gear shift and, and you have to change gears with your left hand. Never did that before. You're going to drive. Nobody else, he said, going to drive. He has no, none of the other staff. Me. So like he kind of picking on me. And that's what it sounds like with uh, uh, immature protégés. When the mentor is going to demand upon you to do something, say something, go somewhere, why, why are you always picking on me? Why don't you choose somebody else? You're always choosing me. It, don't that sound like carnality to you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I used to have that kind of mindset. I didn't used to talk like that, but the thoughts was in my mind. The thoughts in my mind, but I obeyed every time. I obeyed every time. And why? It's the little bitty steps like that is preparing you. You're encountering God, but you don't know you're encountering God. You're encountering God, that God is, be, is being developed on the inside of you through your obedience, but you don't know that. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. And then when God put a demand upon you to do something that is big and great and awesome and powerful, you're not moved. You're not shaken because the same God was with me when I drove the truck. The same God with me when I first stepped out and preached. The same God with me when I drove in London. The same God, the same God, the same God. He becomes real to you. He become more real to you than any man, woman, boy, and girl. This is how it works, ladies and gentlemen. And so going back to relationships, how many women have a is married to a man of God, a man that knows God, a man that has demonstrated that he knows God. So therefore, when your husband asks you to do something, go with him somewhere that you ain't never been. Can you do it? If not, 
then I, you need to really, really get real with yourself. It reveals you don't have a relationship with God. You don't trust God because you don't trust the man of God. And so, therefore, how far can the marriage go? It will be a mediocre marriage. It'll look good, sound good, but there will be no power in it because it's divided. Because we make a decision what to trust and what not to trust. We make a decision to go where we feel comfortable but refuse to step out on the edge. Sarah followed Abraham. Sarah followed Abraham. So so going back to loving the law, if I didn't love the law, I would have been destroyed. How many is already destroyed? But you preach the word, teach the word, confess the word, but already destroyed because you refuse to do what the law tells you to do. Other word, I step out on the promises of God. So where do we go from here, ladies and gentlemen? Where do we go from here in our relationship with God, in our relationship with our spouses? That's why the man's supposed to be the pace setter. He was supposed to be the pace setter. God came down to Abraham and said, get thee out of that country. Now get thee out of that father's house in that country and go to the place I told you. He didn't come down to Sarah. Then if Sarah would have stayed, that would have revealed that she really was not united with him in her heart. She really did not. She really didn't enter into a covenant with him. Because a marriage is a covenant. So you don't choose what to do and what not to do. If the man of God is going a place, going somewhere, this is the direction God is saying, you, you submit. You yield. So, here in the word of the Lord, we see that um, uh, God said you're going to have a child. He tells his wife, God said we're going to have a child. Time passed by. There is no child. Now, he's only doing, telling her what God told him. He only went where God told him to go. But she now she don't see anything. So something gotta be wrong. Where is the child? Ten years have passed. And now he gets in trouble by following her. She didn't hear from God and say, Go take my handmaiden and, and, and have a child with her so we uh, lay with her so we can have a child. She didn't hear from him. Abraham heard from God, said, get thee out of that country, that father's house, and go to a place I should tell you. He heard from God. She didn't hear from him. And he submitted to someone that did not hear from God. Am I saying that God don't speak to a wife? Absolutely not. Because God speaks to my wife. Absolutely not. But when it's contrary to what God says, you better know, husbands. Father, yes. you better know, because God don't contradict himself. What is the Lord saying to you from that perspective, Ms. McKenzie? Um, listening to you all, I was wondering if if, if just perhaps there uh, might be someone that's listening or may listen later on that uh, the wife the wife is the one that is the spiritual one and the husband doesn't have a vision or is you know has never been mentored like you use yourself uh from time to time and you talk about your mentor if he has not been mentored um how does she follow him if he's not you know in that place um to uh get a vision from God um how does she you know how how does that work how does she follow him Well, she has to follow him in the natural and what I mean by following him in the natural, she got to do her wifely duties. She got to do everything in the natural which she's supposed to do. But she has to have a relationship with God. Because her husband cannot take her to heaven. Her husband cannot save her, deliver her, and set her free. So therefore, the Bible says that if a person, a woman is married and a husband is not saved, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 
and he pleased to dwell with her, then he, she is not to separate herself from the man. Yes. But the Bible said he pleases to dwell with her. And vice versa, talk about the husband being saved, the wife not being saved. So, so same principle. So she have to intercede, war, pray that God will grace her husband to give his life to Christ and submit to Christ so he can have a vision from God for the family. And yeah. I personally believe that God would do it if a woman would do it right. I see, have seen the majority of women don't do it right. They try to push the gospel down their husband's throat. They try to make the uh, husband go to church. Then what they end up doing, and this is really the thing that probably drives more men away from the church is this right here. Then they're always going back home and telling what the pastor said, and the pastor did this. And so yeah. a man, then he's going to make him feel like he's in competition with the pastor. Yeah. So he will mm -hmm. end up growing, developing a holy hatred for a man he don't even know. But the wife did that. She did it for a lack of wisdom. You don't go in your household talking about another man to your husband, especially if uh, if this man is benefiting you, because that's what you're saying. He's benefiting me, you not. He's yeah. awesome. He's dynamite, but you're not. You're yeah. not saying that directly, but indirectly you're saying that. Yes. And you think that man want to come to church, go to church with you? And he's going to feel like he's in competition with another man? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a wisdom. Yes. So what a wife has to do, she has to be a woman of wisdom, a woman of God. She's a woman of God. The spirit of the living God will give her instructions. The spirit of the living God will give her direction, show her and tell her what to do and how to do exactly what needs to be done. And God will use her as a channel to break through to that husband. But she got to love that man. Yes. She got to do what she's supposed, what God created her to do. Yes. She's got to do a wife to do this. She should, when a man desires sexual relationship, she shouldn't refuse him because he didn't go to church with her. Oh, that's witchcraft. Yes. She shouldn't put a demand upon her. Well, I ain't cooking your food since you don't want to go to church with me. That's witchcraft. That man will never go to church, and he'll never want God. Because <laughs> yes. he don't see God. But yes. you're, you're to love him. The Bible says, with loving kindness have I drawn you. Yes. But so God wants to will use that wife as an instrument of love and kindness, and will draw him to the Lord. And we got a couple now at church that uh, 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 the Lord used that way, which is uh, Deacon Jones. Yes. Him and his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to church, went to church, and he would go out drinking and going with his little thing, but he would always bring the car back home time before he get to church. Yes. But her relationship with God brought the fear of God upon him. He shared that out of his own mouth. Yes. But how many women is like that? Mm-hmm. No, they want to speak in tongues. They want to pray. Uh, 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 they want to go into consecration. When the man has a, uh, well, I'm fasting. You you can't do that when you marry to an unsaved man. You you can't say, I'm, I'm fasting. I, you ask him, can I go on a fast? Yes. If you're going to go on a fast, don't go on a on, on a seven-day fire, whatever the case may be, and you know that uh, what kind of sexual nature your husband has, God will honor your fast if you go on a, on a half-a-day fast or a one-day fast. God will honor that like you're going three, five, ten, ten days because you are under a covenant. You're yeah. in a covenant. And even with that, um, that that's beautiful what you just shared. Um even with that, you know, when the wife began to pray, then she has to give God time to work. You know, can't put a, a you know, a timetable on God and say, you know, by the end of the year or whatever. But, you know, she has to be patient to allow the Spirit of God to work what he needs to work out in her husband so God can make him the man of God that God desires him to be. So she has to trust 
God and trust the prayer that she's praying that the Spirit of God will begin to work. And I believe the Spirit of God would be doing a twofold thing. He would be preparing her and preparing him uh, for his, you know, whatever it is he desires to do as he brings the husband into a divine, you know, encounter with him in a relationship with him. I believe God will be uh, will do a twofold thing uh, as she begins to pray and intercede, uh, deny herself and uh, uh, follow Christ and praying for her husband. Well, uh, uh, that was God uh, articulated through you because that's what it came my spirit. I was waiting for you to finish because many times it's just not you praying for your husband to get saved because God's going to be preparing you for a saved man. Yes. And 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 if you not willing, you think you okay, but if you don't let the Holy Spirit be to prepare you, then you may be in for a rude awakening when this man gets saved. Because if he gets yes. saved, he get on fire, and his fire is going to make you put you to shame. Yes. Because you you only thing you want is your husband to go to church with you, but he really got a real relationship with God. You just went to church. Uh-huh. And now, once he gets saved and totally committed and totally dedicated in fasting and prayer, now you upset. The only thing you want to do is go to church. The only thing you want to do is read your Bible. The only thing you want to talk to do is talk about God. What happened? We used to have fun. Wait, is this the same person that's talking like that? <laughs> that reveals <laughs> that you didn't prepare yourself for the salvation of your husband. Yes. Even though you say you know, uh, something, God, I, I believe God wants us to pray for the couples, uh, for someone that, because I believe God allowed us to speak that for a reason, and maybe someone that's listening now or will listen later on. And uh, I'm just reminded of the word that God spoke through you a couple of weeks when we were on the prayer line, and God said, I believe it was the last day, the Tuesday or Wednesday, and God said that He's going to bring, uh, it's going to be household salvations. So uh, in 2013, we're going to see household salvation. So I believe the Lord wants us to pray uh, concerning uh, the wife that may be listening and her husband's not in that place, in that relationship with the Lord. Or it could be, because uh, many times we always say the wife, but it could be a husband that is listening and his wife is not in that place, uh, in that relationship with the Lord that God desires her to be. So I believe God wants us to pray for those who are listening and may tune in later on and hear the broadcast concerning the salvation of their spouse. Well, we can do that right now because we don't have uh, that much time left. I uh, pray for the um, the husband whose wife is not saved, and you pray for the uh, wife whose husband is not saved. Yeah. Uh, Father, I just lift up the man of God that is saved and his wife is not saved. I lift him up before and I pray that you will continue to inundate him with the wisdom of Christ to be able to minister to his wife, O oh God, and to love her, to protect her and shield her as his responsibility is according to the word of the Lord. And I pray that you will use his love towards her as an instrument and a channel to draw her to Christ. Use it to break up uh, the fallow ground. Use it to destroy all satanic and demonic and fleshly manipulation and vices on her mind. Let, use it, O oh God, to destroy the spirit of blindness and deception, self-deception and ignorance. Even now, in Jesus' name, we drive it forth, we cast it forth, and we thank you, Lord God, for the restoration and the revelation of Christ that's been ministered to this woman, woman and now she's become a woman of God. And we thank you for taking this union in dimensions and realms that they have never experienced before. We call them saved. We call them delivered. We call them one. We speak it, decree, and declare it to be so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And, Father, we thank you right now for the wife, oh, God, that is standing in agreement and, and praying and believing, God, for the salvation of her husband. I thank you right now, Father, that even as the Scripture has already gone forth with love and kindness, have I drawn thee, oh, God. And I thank you right now for gracing the woman of God, grace the wife, oh, God, to uh, show love, oh, God, and demonstrate the love of Christ, oh, God. She's the, the, the living word of God that her husband will see. And I thank you, Lord God, that she will not just have lip service, oh, God, but she will demonstrate the love of God. And I thank you right now for bringing household salvation. I thank you for the salvation of, of her husband. As you stand on the word of God and she believe you, O oh God, let her hold fast to the confession of her faith. Nothing wavering, O oh God, for you are faithful that promise. And I thank you, Lord God, for it, for her husband, O oh God, being saved and brought into the kingdom of God. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, as you brought salvation to the spouses. Salvation has spilled over to the children the grandchildren, all the way to the third and fourth generation, all the way to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We think of a supernatural salvation in 2013, but this yeah. is our due season, and this is our set time. And this is the time for the Lord Jesus to be glorified, mighty, and exalted in the midst of the church, 
and even humanity. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, ladies amen, and gentlemen, amen. Thank you, Lord. And with you all this uh, morning, this evening, rather, uh, this afternoon, we pray that the Lord has ministered something to you. We know he has. We pray that you will take it and you will run with it, and you will go forth in the strength and the power of the Most High God. And I pray that you will stand in faith, believing, trusting, and expecting the supernatural from this date until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was time for you to lead the earth realm. This has been Dr. E.J. McKenzie and who? Prophetess Kathy McKenzie. All right. So we enjoyed you guys as usual. Be blessed, and we look forward to being with you on next week. Prophet Kathy will be with you on tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So tell somebody about it. On tomorrow, she'll be ministering to the women of God or those women, period. God bless you. We love and appreciate you. God bless you.